It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Running back, get it, man. I'm straight off the block. I can run it back, nigga, cause I'm straight with the rocks.
the bin in the bin for about 10. But now it look like when he get out, I'm going in. So now I walk around with my mind blown in my own little zone. Cause one day you hit the next day you go. Books, records, films, these things matter. You guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. How are we doing out there? We've almost made it through the entirety of the week going into a 4th of July holiday. What a great time to celebrate America, isn't it? <laughs> um, hey, let's do some real talk. I just uh, I just did a Patreon live. Uh, thanks to all the baddies. You know what? It's a lot of fun. I think sometimes I, I do these lives and I realize all of the people that are in my Patreon might be funnier than I am. Like, I almost feel like I don't even need to be there. Like, I was like, there's a whole thing happening where it's just, it's very funny. Come join us. And, and thank you to all the people that just joined this week. Um, uh, let us know. I'll, the new uh, part two of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip for the second episode recap will be out uh, this weekend for you. And we'll be doing the whole Ultimate Girls Trip. I'll be do solo reca- recapping that over there. And... Uh, Good times are had by all. So, let, yeah, let me be honest with you guys. The last couple of days have been tough for me uh, just by existing. <laughs> you know, the plight of the male. No, uh, I got COVID again. Okay, I'm just leaving time for a laugh break. The last time I got COVID. By the way, people on my Patreon uh, chat were like, oh, is this your fourth time? No, no, it's my second time. How dare you? How dare you? And listen, I'm anti-vax, so no, <laughs> no, I've been vaccinated, I've been boosted, the whole deal. And I think uh, I'm going with that's why this has not been as bad as the first time, which was just gut-wrenching, horrible, and it started my year off the worst. And my whole family got it, remember? Um, Christmas, year and a half ago. So uh, I believe Countess Luann gave this to me. <laughs> At the Countess Luann concert. Luckily, though, everybody that I have been in contact with since uh, Thursday of last week, um, nobody has it. So, I mean, I didn't contact everybody at the Luann show. Uh, I think there's only a couple, you know, probably a couple hundred there. So it would take a sec. But I don't think anybody's... Has Luann complained about COVID at all in the last couple of days? No. So, I, uh, yeah, I got the old vid, and it's a bummer. 
Uh, a bummer on so many levels. I feel also idiotic that I'm going around acting like everything's still totally like, hey, everything's totally cool. I try to wear my mask. I try to do all those things, but I've got to be more vigilant. And I pray to God this doesn't get any worse. Uh, I'm just kind of sweaty and I've got a sick headache. So pretty much par for course, this is what a normal week is like for me. <laughs> now, I've been isolating since Monday and uh, it just sucks because... It just sucks. I, I had some plans and can't do any of that, but uh, but we're going to be safe. We're going to isolate. Um, yeah, there's nothing else. But just be safe out there. Remember this 4th of July holiday. Just try to be as safe as you can. This thing is still out there, and it seems like it's every time you think it's gone, it comes back with a vengeance. And um, But it doesn't stop us. It doesn't stop our job. I have been working through this as much as I just want to sleep. I have been working. This is, I'm so proud of what we do here. So I am full steam ahead. Tomorrow morning, you guys, so much so that at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be on Up and Adam Live, which is on YouTube. Uh, he has a huge YouTube channel. We're going to be talking about tonight's Beverly Hills episode, uh, which I thought had some really interesting moments. So we'll watch that. We'll talk about that on YouTube. And uh, remember, we have our YouTube up as well. <clears throat> the summer, the Southern Charm recap is on. Sorry, it's on over there. Pardon me if I have some brain farts in the middle of this today. I just every time I try to reach for a thought, sometimes it is not there. Um, we'll do a couple news items today, and then we'll get to our guest. Thankfully. I have amazing guests and I, uh, I was able to do this in, I had such a fun time. It made me forget I had COVID and they are just the best. Do you guys, you guys know comments by celebs, the podcast and the Instagram account, the overall brand. I think these guys are going to be bigger than the Kardashians one day. I truly do. Uh, they are just, uh, so we have Emma and we have Julie. Isabel is also does the comments by Bravo pod. And she, you know, but, uh, we talked to her a year ago with Emma, but I finally got to meet Julie. And, you know, they just just it's I love these things where like they appreciate pop culture and they have this good angle to it, too, where I think it's not just funny. It's like, I don't know, it, it, it I think it's a love letter sometimes to pop culture, what they do. But they kind of have that nice little twist where they take us into the modern era by showing us the comments these people lit, you know, leave these celebrities leave on other uh, celebrities pages on Instagram and stuff. But their podcast is excellent and it talks about all the stuff we do over here in fact i like listen i don't want to like i tell them at the end i was like shit nobody even needs to listen to this because they do a couple episodes a week and they're just so great and i got so sad at the end because i was like damn it it's gonna probably be another year until i talk to you guys again like that's the thing i feel like sometimes the life of a podcaster is this weirdly lonely existence and unless you do a podcast duo or a trio with somebody and then it's like kind of like a little family like i have all you guys as a family, but sometimes you're faceless individuals. Um, I know your names, but I sometimes don't know your faces. And um, so I, I'm just, it's brain fog, you guys. No, I'm just saying some, it's sometimes weird to do this uh, by yourself and you talk to people that you really like. And then you're like, oh, I don't get to talk to you next week, do I? Like, you know, you're like, oh man, I have so much more I want to talk to you about. And that's kind of how I felt at the end of this. Um, so anyways, comments, but it's a great interview. You're going to love it. Uh, I swear to God, I'm not as brain farty as I am right now in this interview. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Like I said, uh, did the YouTube, did the Patreon, leave a positive review. Do it for me. Do it for me in my COVID. 
please. Diana Jenkins goes, please leave him five-star review, please. So, please leave me a five-star review, I say, I say, please, come on, leave it for uh, leave it for good old Ryan. Go Ryan, leave a Spotify review, which so pisses me off. Sutton was doing a... Uh, a pride thing at her store, I think tomorrow. And now I can't go because of stupid COVID. And I was going to like finally try to meet Sutton. But in reality, I'm kind of happy because you got like, I, I'm a big loud talker on this, but in real life I get really shy and I try to hide from people. So like in a sense, I'm kind of like, well, that actually kind of saves me. Cause I was like, I could have met Sutton, but this damn COVID when in reality I would have been, I would have been shit in solid brick. So hi, hi, son, it's me, Ryan. Hi. Like I would, you, you would have had to force me to like go up and say hi. Like that's like some of my counterparts. They're all like, they love to go up and like and talk to housewives and stuff. I will be hiding behind every tree known to man. Um, so we talked yesterday about Travis Barker's uh, emergency rush to the hospital. Uh, turns out he has pancreatitis. Um, and that is, it, it supposedly could have been brought on by, uh, what was it? By like a doctor poking around for, uh, <laughs> I have to look this up. This is what I'm telling you. This is what the COVID does. It gives you brain fog. Because normally, I would know everything about Travis Barker like that. Like, I already know it in my heart of hearts. But your brain just does not work as well. And now I'm trying to elongate my sentences while I look this up so I don't have to push pause. Okay, yes, this here. It's uh, he, was, he was hospitalized for pancreatitis. Fuck. Oh, God. I like slick stuff. Following a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. Pancreatitis and colon. Both hard words to pronounce for me. Colonoscopy. So uh, I guess a doctor was poking around and must have aggravated a this this and made it a pancreatitis. Like, so now this makes me not want to ever get a colonoscopy. But then I was talking today uh, to somebody. I was like, don't you, with these rich people, it's like they're they're getting poked and prodded by so many doctors and health products that they're almost, like, things are just randomly happening. I was thinking, like, remember, Haley Bieber had a blood clot, right, recently. Justin Bieber, half of his face froze. Travis has a pancreatitis thing. Like, Every one of the, and these guys are all super healthy. I'm waiting for something to happen to Kendall Jenner. Thankfully, all of these guys have turned out to be okay. But man, were you guys, I was really scared about the Travis thing. Cause like, I was like that tragedy. Cause you, you know, Chris would have wanted to cover it on the show, you know? And there's no part of me that would ever want to see a Courtney widow storyline ever, never, never, never. Also, I had mentioned in this interview, Camp North for Northwest's uh, ninth birthday. Kim did a, you know, a, a Camp North where she flew all her little friends on Kim's private jet. I mean, Kim didn't fly it. There were pilots uh, to like some like backwoods area where they got a jet ski and they had these little tents. But the tents had like blood all over them and stuff. Not real blood, like fake blood. Um, but I was like, does North watch Yellow Jackets on Showtime? Like, North seems like she possibly could be the coolest little nine-year-old nine, year, nine year old that I've ever heard of in my life. If North fucking watch, if North is on the Yellow Jackets Reddit thread, like, could you imagine, like, all of a sudden, like, you're like, who who's giving these brilliant theories? And it's like, it's me, North, shut the fuck up! 
<laughs> also, in Poser of the Week, now I know a lot of you guys love Machine Gun Kelly. I always get comments about people like, oh, take it easy on Machine Gun. Like, first off, Machine Gun Kelly doesn't give a shit if I say something. But sometimes I think this guy is poser punk. Remember, he started off as rap, and we can all experiment, but he found more uh, popularity with this punk stuff. But now he's gone fully punk, and he did a Madison Square Garden show last night. And he smashed... At the after party, he sm- he did a toast. He's like, "Let's uh, hey, let's all party tonight. Let's all rock and roll. Let's do this. We got the gang here." And then he smashed uh, a champagne glass into his head, and he started bleeding. And then, of course, as a punk rocker does, you gotta post it on the IG, man. You gotta post it. He posted a little video. I was like, "Huh, rad." Like, come on, man, please. Like, this is not punk rock. This is punk rock done by kids bops. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, this is like vanilla punk rock. And I, you know, enjoy it, but just enjoy it right now. Cause I guarantee you this will not last. Like I truly, and I know you're going to, some of you guys are going to hate me for saying that, but it's true. It truly, I truly believe that's true. I truly believe that's true. Um, is that, is that everything? I don't know. Who knows? Um, let's get into it because I can barely see straight right now. Uh, but, di- but don't worry. These are great guests. I'm really proud to get these ladies. Uh, I, I just really, I can't say enough good things about them. And I will be back on Friday for a Beverly Hills recap. Hopefully I have a little more energy by then. And we will, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to leave it all on the dance floor so we can all have a happy 4th of July holiday, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support. And here is Julie and Emma from Comments by Celebs. Welcome back to iHeartRadio So Bad It's Good. Today, we have one returning guest and one person new to the uh, the show. But these, these women, uh, I just geek out on them so hard, not only for their podcast, but their insanely amazing Instagram account. I was listening to their uh, podcast from this week today, and I, I try to stay away from pop culture podcasts because I don't want to steal from anybody. But I was just sitting there going, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. I was like screaming. I was like, Harry Styles, long hair. Harry phase. Yes. I was really enjoying this. And I know you guys will, they do three shows a week. Uh, Emma does all of them. Uh, and Emma and Isabel do the Bravo podcast, which I was able to speak with her last year. And we finally get to speak to Julie today and they do not only Kardashians, which is like a separate episode a week, which I need to know if they're recovering from the season finale of the Kardashians, but they also do general pop culture. Uh, you, you of course know them uh, from the Instagram account uh, comments by celebs comments by Bravo. It, the comments brand is very strong. Emma and Julie, welcome to the show. Oh my God. We are so happy to be here. You always, every single time I speak to you, you make us feel so special and celebrated. And we really, really, but how do you, how that. do you not get excited talking to, to like-minded people? The only thing I'm really regretting now is the cameras are on and I would have dyed my beard because it's turned white from worrying about Khloe <laughs> Kardashian for the last year. And it's turned me into an old man. You guys look great though. I mean, how are you dealing with the state of pop culture, let alone the state of the world? I do want to point out they had a beautiful introduction to their podcast this week kind of talking uh, about this and it's really hard to talk about um uh, some people can call this fluff some people can call this whatever but i think of it as much more i think this is the escapism of escapism and if we can recognize both i think there's a really happy medium and i think you guys really do that beautifully how are you holding up this week 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the caveat that we gave on our episode is kind of the same thing I would say here, which is obviously we recognize in the scheme of things, everything we're about to talk about really is irrelevant. You know, we have much major issues that we're facing at the same time. I think everybody does need that escapism. And so if we can even be a fraction of providing that, then I think we feel, you know, really lucky to be able to do that. You feel the same way, Julie, or you're like, ah, I don't, I don't want to talk about anything. Like, like, how is your vibe on pop culture? Has it always been the same for you, Julie? Like, since you were a kid? Like, I'm not. Uh, have you loved this stuff since you were little? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember when I was young, I would go to the grocery store with my mom because while we would shop, I would take the magazines that were at like the checkout counter, and I would walk around with her and read them and. Yeah, I've just always, always been such a huge fan of pop culture and been involved. I would say like I have very, very early memories of following Anna Nicole Smith's story way, way closer. <laughs> so it's, it's Could been- you imagine if Anna Nicole Smith was still here and had social media? Oh, no. I think Could about you imagine that TikTok videos with Anna. Like that's the sometimes I think about it. Like, what if, like, you know, what if these celebrities from 20 years ago, which is like I was that kid before even the internet that was getting us weeklies before like when it was just the hard copy magazine and you would get the the photos and I would like oh my god this is amazing and now it's everywhere pop culture is everywhere almost too much to consume and that's why I think we need shows like yours to help us kind of get through the muck and mire well thank you I mean I feel similarly to you I I think that you know what you were saying earlier about getting excited about talking to like-minded people. I think that's one of the reasons that I always enjoy speaking to you because you validate what we try to validate in each other, which is there is a way to do this that doesn't make you feel stupider after it's possible. It really is possible. (laughs) Oh my God. You guys got to talk to, uh, do you know, MJ Corey Kardashian colloquium? I, Oh. Uh, you follow her like so she does it through the you know through a like a collegiate lens and it, it like puts like a framework around these things where I'm like I might be brilliant look at me like this might you know, it's like I was like oh my god I need to get a master's in Kardashians or something yes she's she is brilliant we have been wanting to speak to her we've really held off on the guests because we haven't been in studio I know you do all yeah, three all years time. now three years yeah. you were out of studio I mean but you know what's cool though is that you guys don't need guests like I I was just like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I mean, I know you might be interested in talking to other people, but the vibe is like, I think the best thing about podcasts is feeling like, oh, these guys are friends or they they still like each other, I think. Is that true? Do you guys still like each other or do you? We, we like each other a little too much. <laughs> okay, good, good. I, I would be just like, oh, I can't stand her. She's horrible. <laughs> no, no, no. We're very lucky in that regard. Um, I, I, it was such an intense week and that's why on Sunday when I, uh, got my TMZ alert, uh, my phones are just filled with alerts from pop culture things is that we had, and you mentioned this briefly, but I just almost felt like we needed this to, to kind of swing back into a general, what the, uh, WTF Ben Affleck's 10 year old son, uh, crashed his first Lambo. And I, I want to say first, I believe he'll crash other Lambos in the future. Um, <laughs> what did you guys feel when you saw, and we got pictures of the 10 year old and Ben Affleck was smiling. He was like, yeah, buddy, I cash, I crash Lambos all the time. <laughs> that was really something. I think it was Julie that said on the episode, it sounded like something that London Tipton would say, like, it sounded so fake that <laughs> we're in this Lamborghini dealership and Ben Affleck's 10 year old. But it, those are the moments where you got to wonder that he he's probably cursing the fact that there's paparazzi, you know, 
It's like the oh, one. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, it's all right, son. He's like, grinning. <laughs> like my dad, like I, I scratched up his Corolla one time. And then I was like, I was in the shit house for like a month from him <laughs> just because I just got some minor scratches. This is like a, a million dollar car or something. I, I, I think the crazier element is how not big of a deal it seemed to be. That's really this, the story. <laughs> it's just, and J-Lo was, J-Lo was there too. Like imagine crashing was- your car in front of J-Lo. Oh God, <laughs> I can't. No, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, what did you guys think of this season of the Kardashians on Hulu? It was a 10 episode season. Uh, it, you know, they, 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 they reinvented the wheel. They now talk to the camera, which is a big new thing for them. What did you guys think uh, coming off the last season of keeping up with the Kardashians? I mean, I know we both have so much to say. You go first, really. Take the yeah. I know that this is what I hate. Is like this is just going to be a little taste, you guys. And I like I want to get in deep, and it's going to be impossible. But (laughs) overall, I just want to know what you thought as a whole for the season. I will say that it was, I think, one of the greatest seasons of television that I've ever watched. I thought it was. I thought it was perfect. Like. I thought that we got more information than we could have expected. I thought everything that they explained to us beforehand about how it was supposed to be elevated in documentary style. I felt they really followed through with that. And I just genuinely could not get enough when it was over. I felt like it was like the last day of camp. I was like, I miss it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And what same for you, Emma? Oh yeah. I was blown away. I really, really was. I thought that they did such a good job of having such a minimal fluff, which if we're being honest, I mean, listen, I watched every single season of keeping up up like it was Bible. So don't get me wrong. I loved it. That being said, you know, there was a lot of fluff. There were pranks. There was this, and we didn't have any of that bullshit here. And I was so appreciative of that. The fact that we didn't have to meet Art Vandalay again this season, or we didn't have a scene with Chris and a mime. I was like, yes, like this is truly incredible television, almost by default, just by not having those elements. Totally. And even when they did smaller things like the scene where Kylie and Chris go to the grocery store together, it was done in such a different way. Where I, that was one of my favorite scenes of the entire season. I was like, I fucking love Kylie, and I didn't really realize it until now. Mm-hmm. Well, it also is funny now they are such a gargantuan conglomerate, uh, but it is funny almost now to you know, watch Kylie pump some gas. And she's like, oh, this is so cute. This is so, I'm like, come on my life. It is so cute and quaint when I have to like <laughs> pick up my room or like she thinks these little things that we do every day are like quaint. Like they're at a grocery store and they're like, this is so cute. And I'm like, I've never thought Trader Joe's was cute. No, <laughs> I know. That's something we were saying though, because I think a lot of the feedback or not a lot of the feedback, there was definitely some feedback to that scene of it being very tone deaf. And I think that, you know, personally, my response is like, of course they're out of touch. It, I mean, <laughs> that, but see, that's why it works for me because it is tone deaf. It adds a level of comedy to it that it's like, you know, and that was my complaint. Like you guys about the last uh, iteration of keeping up with the Kardashians was you could have had the best reality show in the history of television just by focusing on what they were actually going through. And instead it would be 90% of kind of BS, like weird games and weird setup pranks that, you know, and they're not that good of actors. So you would, it would just be always like stilted, but this, you really did get at least a little bit more in terms of every episode, there was a driving force, even if it was an overall commercial for good American or skims, um, I thought it highlighted their brands and their personal life way better than the initial show. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, by the way, and this is a personal thing because I I don't I think even some of the most diehard fans wouldn't necessarily agree with what I'm about to say. I don't mind when I'm watching something and I know throughout the show they're selling me the product. Like we were saying, th- if this is the thing that we're going to congratulate and celebrate Chris Jenner for, her marketing ability, her sales ability, how are we then going to criticize her for doing it on one of the biggest platforms she has? On some level, if you're going to praise this woman, you have to realize you're going to be on the receiving end of that. And I would rather get the behind the scenes of the Skim Sports Illustrated and the behind the scenes of the Good American, and then know, yeah, okay, I'm being sold a little. And you know what? Did I place an order? I absolutely did, and, I, and I'm thrilled with the order. <laughs> Julie, uh, for you, how much of a um, how much of a hero is Kim Kardashian going down to the DR while sick and 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 taking bikini shots? Was that a hero moment for you <laughs> that you're like, this girl can do it all? Listen. As as always is said, not all heroes wear capes. And <laughs> sometimes they wear a two piece. Yeah, like <laughs> sometimes they sometimes they wear shapewear, and Kim clearly showed that this season. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was fun, but it also is always interesting. And this is kind of where uh, pop culture has gone because now we have so much second screen adding to something in real time. So, you know, even when the Kanye stuff was going down, we know like it's very interesting to watch the show now because there almost needs to be an after show just talking about the actual social media that was happening during that week. And I think this of Bravo a lot as well, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're already now reading second season plot lines in their social media while watching the first season. And it becomes weirdly meta and multiversey, you know? Oh, very much so. I mean, there's so much here because of course, when we saw those Sports Illustrated photos come out, we didn't know the behind the scenes. I mean, we definitely didn't know that Kim was just fed dibs on the plane. Her, yeah, by the way, who who would have thought she likes a poor people food like me? Dibs, <laughs> chocolate dibs. I thought it was going to be a weed edible or something. It turned out as dibs. That's yeah. what we thought it was going to be edible as well. But also, by the way, that was her first time ever on her plane, which was going down for that shoot. So there were so many layers to that shoot that really, you know, I think contributed to her overall feeling about it. But wait, I need to go back for a second to something you just said before about, you know, joking her being a hero going down while sick. We always say, and I think that you really pick up on this when you do the rewatch of keeping up from the beginning as we've been doing. Kim has a very strong work ethic and nobody takes that from her, but she also loves making it known. And I think she was <laughs> like, she was. <laughs> oh, in the DR, it was all, look how hard I'm working and it's going very well for me. Like she right. reminded us a billion times. Right. And like, she didn't say this and nor would she ever, but you know, in the back of her mind, she was thinking Kylie and Kendall would never, or specifically Kylie and Courtney would never. <laughs> hey, cool. Court won't even answer the FaceTime call, you know, like it's like it's really interesting that journey because that is one of the things that we really and then it would like we we, we would get hit with weird messaging, I think, even uh, around the season finale with, you know, Chris going, Chloe is the strongest. And I'm like, is she like, is Chloe the strongest? Like, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder, and especially through the emotional vacuum that she's been put through, because at this point it's diabolical in regards to Trist. Like at this point, it, it's so much so that I have an angry reaction and I know you guys are more level-headed than me, but I'm just like, I'm done with Chris Jenner saying we got to be nice around the kids for like, I'm like, maybe the kids shouldn't be around somebody that is that deceitful on a regular basis. Do you guys, like, I always just get really frustrated with Chris poking her head in and going all the kids need to act like they don't know anything that's happening julie how do you feel you take the reins on this one <laughs> it is an interesting point and i can't say the thought has never crossed my mind in regards to what you're saying i think that's something that helps me when i 
I'm thinking like that. I'm like, the kids are so young. Like they're so, so young that there is a certain amount of sheltering them that's obviously going to be taking place. I think that Chris finds a lot of comfort in knowing that like, you know what, we can treat them like this at this age, but this is all on camera. Like we're not hiding them from anything. We're just- See, that's the other thing, the meta thing, if it's on camera at the same time that they're saying, let's not talk about the dad, but we're still talking about the dad, it's on camera, you know? Of course. I mean, they're going to find out eventually. And I'm sure on some level they have an awareness, you know, you can't fully shield that, especially these kids, not that they have social media specifically not true, but you know, kids are exposed to things. I, I go really, really back and forth with how I feel about the family's general approach to uh, being so kind to some of these figures that have wronged them. Because on some level, I'm very opposed to it. At the same time, I recognize I'm not a child of divorce. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how I would handle it in that situation. So it, it's it's I'm conflicted, although I think I tend to admire them for it. I just sometimes wonder at what expense for their own sakes. But even I, I sometimes think the sheltering has gone way out the window already just by not even anybody's fault, just by the amount of cameras that follow them everywhere. The kids are very aware, even, you know, North, when she's like, I'm, I don't want the cameras today. I don't you know, like I, I find it. I'm like, we're already on uncharted territory with these children. It's a little bit of the way like I feel about the Smith family with Willow and Jaden. Uh, but I, I imagine this has got to be even worse because it's just been from day one with these kids. I can't imagine that, you know, and I, and I, it's, it's different than Kendall and Kylie, because I know the older kids like Courtney, Kim and Chloe will say, you know, we chose this Kendall and Kylie were kind of thrown into this at a younger age. And so they naturally became accustomed to it, but they didn't necessarily choose it. But even for them, they were nine and 10. I mean, all of the current Kardashian Jenner kids were quite literally born into it. I mean, they had a camera in their face since they were <laughs> literally out the womb. I mean, Mason yeah. was yeah, I mean, Mason yeah. was born on camera. It's the most iconic birth potentially ever. Courtney pulled him out. By the way, like, the hardest Courtney ever. They Courtney will always go down. Like that is a historical moment. You guys, if you've never watched, Courtney rips her child from her womb. Not, I mean, not rips, but like it was the strongest, most badass thing I've ever seen Courtney do. And now I've seen her like pretty much make out with Travis Barker every day. And I still think that is such a badass moment that I was shocked <laughs> that it was on TV. I'll never be over it. <laughs> if, I can't believe Courtney's most iconic moments have literally come from the doctor's office of the OBGYN. Like I can't believe <laughs> from her pulling Mason out to her having sex <laughs> with Travis, which by the way, I have never heard of that in my entire life. Like, I never oh, you mean the, the drinking of the, the, the four times a week drinking of the juices, that kind of thing? First of all, that, which seems like like Travis must have paid for that kind of. Oh, I was like, that you know, that's Mark Hoppus going. Hi, this is Doctor uh, Dr. Winklemeyer. Uh, Courtney, we're gonna need you to drink. Uh, you know, like it makes no sense. By the way, like Courtney was probably doing that anyway. The thing that I couldn't get over was them having sex during the egg retrieval. I was like, I think you're just like supposed to go in alone and like jerk off into a cop. Yes, yes. And the poor and the lady was there, like that poor lady. I always think they should get combat pay or like get a bump and pay because this lady's already doing hero's work trying to get babies out. But it's like, <laughs> whoa, like I, I would be shell shocked. And we got that from episode one of this new iteration where they're going to look at a house, you know, and they're like, oh, the Sinatra vibe. And they go out with a and they sit in somebody else's lawn furniture and he immediately cups both of her butt cheeks while she's straddling him. And you would tell it's made like the realtor. We, you know, I'm like, this is, they live in such a weird bubble, like a love bubble that I get 
like love is love and I get all of this stuff. But at the same time, I've liked people before, but I've also been taught by my mom, like, don't be too, you know, like, don't be too grabby. Don't be too like, let's always make sure if you're out in public, you want to make, uh, you know, like other people comfortable in a way. Have they just gotten so used to being rich and famous that they do not need to make anybody feel comfortable anymore? Oh, absolutely. To, the the concept to think that those two things exist separately is illogical. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. You know, I'm not saying that they're both not fans of PDA and that on some level, maybe Travis has brought this out of her more. Maybe he has more of this desire, although... We'll come back to that in a second because this season we're currently <laughs> we're currently watching of Courtney and Kim take New York. You see that she always had this little bit of this PDA thing with Scott. However, put that in the back of your mind for a second. To, naturally, the the fact that they exist in this other world, I think, totally contributes to it because the social norms that your average person feels are out the window. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a conflation. Even take us out of the like Mason's a growing kid. 
You got little Mowgli, you got Rain, who's always jumping around. You got Penelope, who always looks like just like the Penelope is one of those people that like always like look through you. I feel like she's like almost psychic powers. Like she always feels like she's like, I see when you're going to die in the future, you know, and like <laughs> they have to like they've even asked the parents like they've even asked Travis and Courtney. We see that one scene that, like, hey, could you could you not do this, you know, at the, the dinner table? Like, I always think that's interesting. Just even taking us out of the equation of like their own children has to. Like, is this going to then make Mason be extra grabby when he grows up? You know, I think if anything, it's going in the opposite direction. I think that Mason honestly, will never touch anybody in his <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that one that one scene, it was I, I said the only two times that I felt while watching the show where I was like, all right, this is too much was the realtor. And then when when Penelope was like quite literally begging them, because th- those were the only times that I was like, I can celebrate this 99 percent of the time. This feels like maybe not it's right too now. Much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and the other thing about the Kardashians and why I talk about it so much on the show, even though a lot of people so dislike the Kardashians, but I'm like, if you love pop culture, you got to pay attention, especially this year, because they have overtaken, they flooded the market. Like, and I was listening, uh, Julie, you had a, an amazing point on this week's episode about like the next generation, you know, like the 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 uh what was the the baton theory of the, the this family is that you know we have like we had camp north for north's birthday we saw the uh social media photos today where kim uh you know took jessica simpson's daughter included took these girls to a camp on her pj her new private jet camp north which is just i mean wild but we're training these kids but you were talking about this baton theory of who are the in-between people are the in in between people now alabama and the barkers because they're a little bit older explain your theory a little bit more yeah so we were just talking about how they almost have every age group covered like from courtney to chloe is a certain age kylie and kendall are one age they reach a certain demographic but then you have a huge gap before North and Penelope are going to come on the scene. And by the way, it's not even like a when they come on or how they're going to come on. Like it is a definitive like when they will 100 percent come on the scene in a major way. But you're missing a small gap there in between the two age groups of what Chris Jenner can provide, both in terms of like building up the family empire and also like, you know, having people to manage in the meantime. And Alabama and Landon, Travis's kids really fill that gap. I mean, and both not just because they're, you know, of the right age, but because it seems like that's something that they really want to do. Landon's very into music. He's very into TikTok. Alabama's really into makeup, also really into TikTok. And so there are two people that can really, really come on the scene in a major way and, you know, continue to build with this family empire, I think. And Represent so Chris, Chris just watches them and go, yes, yes. yes. Especially now that yes. Landon is uh, supposedly dating Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah. So this is the new big news, you guys. And I, you know, if you've listened to this for a while, that I've fought TikTok culture for a long time just because it makes me feel creepy. But now I've gotten more into it. And uh, the big news is, you know, the D'Amelios, which had one of the darkest reality show moments of the first episode of their Hulu series, where the parents are watching their kids just cry, just like completely be crushed about their life. And they they allowed that to go on camera, but they're the biggest or was the, were the biggest on TikTok. One of the D'Amelios is now dating one of the Barkers, right? Yes. I mean, apparently Charlie D'Amelio, basically the reigning queen of TikTok is apparently dating Landon Barker, Travis's son. And 
that's a huge deal. Like I know to us, you know, in our twenties, whatever, it, it doesn't feel that exciting, but if you are 16 years old, that is your Kim and Pete. I mean, yeah, like, you guys would say, like, who was that for you guys when you were growing up? Like, who was that? Like, oh my God, they're dating. I'm like trying to think like, I, who were those people when you were growing up? Okay. It's not the same. And I'm going to try to think of your answer, but Julie, you want to know who the first person that came to my mind was no. like a, a Laguna beach situation, like a Kristen Cavallari. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking of more like a, the type of like, person that Landon is in terms of that emo boy type thing. And I was thinking of like a Hillary Duff, Joel Madden type situation. Right. Or okay. Ryan Cabrera, Ryan Cabrera. Ryan, uh, Ryan Cabrera <laughs> really Cabrera got, today. Cabrera got around for a very long time. Like, I mean, Cabrera, Cabrera pops up still in like reality show. Like I'll watch a reality show from like the nineties and like, or the early aughts and, and Cabrera will just be there. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, was <laughs> there a, like, did he get an alert where people were filming in Los Angeles and they would just show up there? It was weird. Those were the glory days, though, you know, that well, it was controllable. Like, I mean, I could like it was like you had the hills, you had real world, you had a little housewives going like, I mean, it was it was it was doable. Now it is so off the charts where you have to like it's like pop culture on steroids. It is. It really is. <laughs> um, is the good news. No, I think it is good news. It's just sometimes scary because I just like I'm going to be on my deathbed. It'll be like, I need to check five social media apps <laughs> and see what the hot news is. You know, like, like that's because these are our true joys. Like all like how I unwind and relax at night is I like, go to the Daily Mail and refresh <laughs> on my phone and I'll be like, oh, and then, then you do you guys do Daily Mail still? Do you mess around with that? Yeah, you can. Admit it. You don't have to. It's. I'm not proud. I'm not proud, but I look. I look at that Snapchat every single day because why not? Wait, you're still on Snapchat? Yeah, that's that's literally the two reasons I have Snapchat is to send Julian Isabel funny shit throughout the day and to check the Daily Mail Snapchat story. Daily Mail is great uh, because they'll, you just start to pick up on patterns where it's like they love to use the word tot tummies. They're like <laughs> Kendall Jenner's tot tummy. Like they almost like and I'm like, this is insane and just next time you guys pay attention to daily mail do this i'm i'm about to make a tiktok about it the obsession with colin farrell's arms in the daily mail is insane it's something you would never recognize but just start or even type into a google search colin farrell arm a colin farrell arms muscles daily mail and they have like 40 articles about colin farrell finishes a hike with his muscular arms like it is <laughs> I'm almost like, is this a prank for like the people at the Daily Mail? Like I started catching on to it. I was like, who's in love with Colin Farrell over there? <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> um, sorry. So uh, so back to the as we start wrapping up with the Kardashians is uh, in terms of the men, though, we had, you know, we we, we saw the big Courtney storyline still involves Scott. I feel like we're going to see this storyline until uh, the end of time or till the end of the show. And Scott, you know, he's just so dang entertaining that you almost forget how much pain he did put Courtney through. And it kind of works for me because it's weirdly comedic to watch Courtney go, this dude cheated on me like multiple times. He was on drugs. He was on allegedly all of this stuff. And he's still here because he's so dang entertaining that everyone wants to film with him. What is your opinion on Scott Disick over the years? 
my God, how much time you got, Julie? You go first. We both, this is like, we could write a thesis. I know. I just, it's a, by the way, I just want to do my Scott Im- imitation for you guys. Cause I really, <laughs> what's going on? Come on, invite <laughs> me, you guys. Why am I not invited? I do these party. Are you kidding me? I, I just want to be invited. <laughs> You are good. (laughs) (laughs) And here's my food god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In regards to your question about how we feel about Scott, I I feel comfortable speaking for both of us when (laughs) we are are Scott apologists to a fault, I think. We, I mean, and this is something that we spoke about so often. We're we're like, we recognize all of the things that Scott has done wrong. Like we're not blind to them, we're not trying to excuse them, but He's had such a redemption arc over the years that we've all been a part of and really rooting for him. And there was a real gap of time there when their relationship ended in between that and the start of the relationship with Travis, where it wasn't a question about Scott being at events. Scott was part of the family. When his parents died, Chris said to him, like, you're my blood, like you're our part of our family. And so we feel like as we've watched the season, we're like, can't just take it back now like yeah scott has his fault but you can't just do that to him (laughs) chris is like Corey, go tell scott he can't hang out with us anymore (laughs) right yeah no i i i agree with you he's he's done a lot of wrong and no part of us denies that but we were even just watching a recent episode from 2010 when it was kim's 30th birthday and scott is the one that threw her the surprise birthday dinner scott's the one that gave her the speech and says you are you know my sister that doesn't just go away and so I think if he's saying I'm capable, this is, this is our biggest point. It is, it is the most painful out of anyone to be in the same room as Courtney and Travis as it is for Scott. I mean, that is like, take his heart and just rip it out. Or at least in the beginning, if he's willing to put himself through that pain, like that should be enough, you know? Can I play devil's advocate for one second? Because I do like Scott. I do like Scott. I do find it interesting as do a lot of other people, the men that they choose to bring into their lives are almost like these kind of wounded puppy dogs. I will also say the men in their lives are sometimes more charming than the Kardashians themselves. So it's like this weird mix that they always run towards. But with the Scott thing is like, I completely understand everything that you're saying, but I also like go, oh my God, is this, is this Groundhog's Day? I'm hearing the same excuses over and over again. And if you were so broken up with Courtney, you could have laid back on the partying and then the, the, the penchant for like young girls in their twenties is a little weird. It's just like, it comes off of like, okay, I know you say all of these things, but your actions say something completely different. Cause we get, we get art Basil Scott, like "Ah, I've been partying forever. You know, like we get that Scott and the kids seem like they love him to death. It's always, I love seeing the kids with Scott, but it is one of those things. I'm like, dude, your whole, like, I always feel like I have to worry about this dude. Like, cause he's, he really comes off. Like he wants to be worried about sometimes almost to gather or garner attention because he doesn't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just find sometimes it's frustrating his actions. Wait, you are a hundred percent justified in every single thing you're saying. My, my response to that is yeah, definitely true. There's something clearly wrong here. I mean, his dating pattern is not normal. It's not something to be celebrated. It's something that should honestly be you know, potentially questioned a little, but my thing is like, why does that stop him from still having the inclusion in terms of the family events? That was my only bone to pick with, with the way the family was handling it. It wasn't anything else. I think that he is allowed to be criticized specifically that DM with Eunice. That was fucked up. You you don't go to the enemy, basically. But see, that's a but see, that's also very. And I was almost disappointed when Pete finally jumped into the Kanye mix of like, I'm in bed with your wife. You know, like I was like, 
oh, Pete, come on, man. Like, cause then you start to realize, oh, he's just a dude in his twenties too, trying to like get one up on this dude. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I, the Pete, it, it was interesting. Cause I wanted them to like, just keep quiet. I, I thought it was so brave of Pete to just stay quiet. And then when he jumped into the mix, I was like, oh, he's that typical dude. Like Scott's a typical dude or Tristan's a typical dude. And that almost disappointed me in Pete. By the way, the fact that I'm even hearing myself say all of these, I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself. I'm what a shameful life I lead. No, like, no, no. You, are, you know, like, you know what no, I'm wait. saying? Like I get, I get personally wrapped up in this. Hold on. This is very important. This is a moment that Julie and I have with each other on a weekly basis. And I want to say it to you. We have to just accept this part of ourselves. Clearly, we are fascinated <laughs> by it. And I think the good news is that we made a business from it, all three of us. So there's no shame here. This is a no judge. If we're going to do this, we can't judge ourselves for doing it. Okay. So just. Yeah, but you, but you're girls, you're in your young, you're young. I'm like this old, I'm like, a, I, I have buddies The my, my buddies' wives and girlfriends want to talk to me more than my buddies do because I know all the stuff that they like, like that's my taste, but it's just interesting when I'm getting more upset about their life than I'm getting upset about my own life. Like I'll be like, I'm going, like, I'm going to Calabasas right now. And I'm going to find where Tristan is. Cause it is done. I don't care what Chris says it is done. And, uh, but like the, the Tristan stuff, where do you think they would have ended the season if not for the Tristan revelation? I always find it so interesting of like, wow, so weird. Like they, they had that on the 10th episode. We got to see this real conversation at six in the morning and the working out. And, you know, I love that Kylie was like, oh, he's just absolute garbage. I was like, finally, we get something on record. Where do you think they would have ended the season? Um, That's a good question. I think when we spoke about it, we were saying that it I think they would have stretched it out a little bit longer and then ended with Kim giving us that, okay, you guys wore me down. Like, I'll tell you what happened with Pete. I think that would have. Okay. And they would have stretched the other episodes a little bit farther. See that. Okay. Definitely. I could have seen it going that direction, but also, I mean, the question everybody wants to know is in the final episode when Chris is basically teasing, you guys have no idea what's going on with my family. There's a big question mark there. And I think that one of our hypotheses was Maybe it's the Kanye social media stuff that's about to go down. So I also could have seen a world in which if this was maybe, let's say, a 12 season, a 12 episode season, maybe we would have started to get some more of the Kanye stuff. Because I really do think that it's going to be done carefully. But I I think Kim's going to be pretty honest in terms of how she was feeling. I mean, you have to remember when in the height of his social media rants, remember when Kim responded via story with that statement? That was a huge deal. Like if you have been following Kim from the beginning, you know how groundbreaking that was for her to get to the point where she wanted to respond in such a public way. And I think on some level, we are going to receive those emotions. It'll be done tastefully. She's never going to shame him like seriously, but I think we'll get that. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that I think the second season is probably already done. I mean, I think we'll get the Maryland dress, obviously. Uh, I do think Pete will be, you know, on camera. I, I mean, we got his voice. We, you know, like it is going to be very interesting, but I feel like the second season is pretty, I mean, we're going to have hot ones, obviously with Chloe. Uh, do we think Chloe's stomach has uh, healed yet from hot ones? Like, I'm like, I was like, dude, that's like not, she's like, I don't eat chicken. I don't like hot sauce, but I'm here. And I'm like, that's <laughs> like, this is not going to be good. You know? Um, <laughs> But no. I loved I loved it, though. I was I oddly I was so into her on Hot Ones. Well, we were just saying that, Julie, like, right. She was so fun and so flirtatious. That's what we see now. Investment banker. Like, I want her with the host of Hot Ones. Like, I want her with the like, <laughs> like I, I want just like so, I want just some like normal guy like investment banker. It's normal, but not like normal, normal. I want like 
I want like me, you know, like, like, date me. <laughs> like, let's, like, let's do that. Like that would be, nobody would see that coming. There's like, Oh, the dude that talks about Kardashians all the time. Um, okay. Uh, as we start, uh, I think I only got like 20 more minutes with you or in that time frame. Just let me know when you need to go. Um, what are your, uh, to move to like kind of general pop culture and celebrities, who are your celebrity crushes or who have they been over the ages? Have you broken up with anybody in your head? When I was growing up, it was Ashton Kutcher. I just, I don't know, for some reason to me, he was the most classically handsome man. And as okay, I we're going to have to let you go, Emma. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you? Uh, Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Ashton I know. Kutcher. No, it's, it's you like the, please don't tell me you like Austin, but uh, Austin Kroll, please don't tell me you're one of the no, 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 no. Well, lovers. Okay. I don't like Austin Kroll. I had a moment when I saw how tall he was, when I admitted on the podcast. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dude. I, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, this height as, thing is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a thing for me. Trust me. Trust, you're you're telling me you don't know the shit it's gotten me into. <laughs> but now in my 27th year of life, um, I would say <laughs> my number one celebrity crush is Ben Affleck. Okay, you guys. Now is the uh, part of the show that's my favorite. We to celebrate uh, the advertiser who has sponsored the show this week, and it is our friends at Rothy's. Now, Rothy's, I have the coolest. I'm gonna say badass pair of shoes that I've ever had in my life. In fact, I wore them at the Countess Luann show at the El Rey on Friday, and I got. I got to tell you, I'm not even making this. I got three compliments on my shoes and I'm a dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love Rothy's. This place is excellent. And I even, I even passed a brick and mortar store on Melrose, like off of Melrose. And I was like, they, they advertise on the show. I got so excited. I saw a commercial from the other day. They're big time, you guys. So have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats or shoes and thought, dang, those are cute, like a lot of people did to me on Friday night? They might have been Rothy's. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling Everyone notices them. They're known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning because they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. That is true. Even the shoe I have, like I said, I'm a dude. It actually works with so many different outfits that I've worn it with so far. Um, you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. And they are insanely comfortable. They really, truly are. This is like a slipper. As soon as you take your first step, you think, ah... I like taking steps. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This, I actually think, is extremely flippin' cool. Um, all their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They have repurposed around $125 million, 125 million water bottles so far. Also, have you ever tried to find plastic threads in a water bottle? I tried to do that today. It is nearly impossible. Um, my personal experience, like I said, I got a free pair of shoes, I'll be honest, and uh, they got sent to me. Well, first off, the experience on the website, super easy. Uh, there was a lot to choose from. In fact, I have four things on my wish list because they even have bags at Rothy's because I was like, would this kind of make me a lot happier of a person overall if I had this cool looking bag? Um, I just think they look unique. They feel unique. Um, the comfort level is next level. And you always want to feel like you're doing something that is good for the planet because we're not going to stop getting products, but we want to make sure that uh, we don't leave as big of a footprint as we do. And Rothy's knows all about that and actually does something about that. Um, so, uh, for women though, um, 
I got to tell you, this is really where, where they excel. Their website has so many different looks and styles. And from people that I talk to about Rothy's, and I have, they say it is actually, in fact, Maditza used my product code the other day to get a pair of Rothy's. She wanted to treat herself. Um, the washability on this is awesome too. I can throw these in the shoes and they, in the, uh, the old washer and they can be washed. My other shoes, I try to wash all my other shoes. They're all broken now because I the, the Rothy's are the only things that survived. So anyways, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash so bad for $20 off your first order. And like I always say with this, just go put that in the website. Doesn't mean you have to purchase something, but let them show that you listen to the pod and you're there. You know, maybe if you're there, you know, get something. You get 20 bucks off. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. Now, Ben Affleck, if you look at his life like a reality show, I feel like he is, you know, on a hero's journey right now, a redemption arc, if you will. And, you know, I like that he's always in his little plaid, you know, button up shirts and committed to smoking and all. I, I, I do like Ben Affleck. I find it interesting that he tears on pop culture in so many different ways you know it's like damon matt damon doesn't get this anymore like ben affleck is still firmly planted in celebrity pop culture i still love like uh, my joy is a ben affleck meme like i love a good ben affleck meme just like it's my love language uh julie what about you i i have a lot like honestly <laughs> very i'm i'm somebody who very much goes through phases with my celebrity crushes like in, in terms of what you said about like going through a breakup like me and jack harlow are off right now like he gave me the ick and i haven't been able once to you heard that. the album no not even the album it was the it was the video of him uh being carried, carried. Kentucky derby and i was like we had such a good run and like, also, like, I, I also do this thing where once everyone else gets on board, I'm like, okay, you guys can have them. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Hey, Jack, I just wanted you to know why I've not been peeping your stuff lately. Uh, I bet you've noticed. And no, I think also I was at home last night and I saw him pop up on a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Like, you know, you could just do the rap thing. But like, I don't know. It's weird when we have these celebrities, and especially if you're in the rap game, you know, when you're you know, a commodity all of a sudden and doing ads for things that might not necessarily be the coolest in the world, you know? Kentucky Fried Chicken actually makes sense because of the Kentucky connection. I actually think that Jack Harlow tends to do things that are, are pretty on brand for him. So that one makes sense. But I don't know, like when Kim started dating Pete, like you have to understand for me, I was like, this is both the greatest moment in pop culture and my worst nightmare because never ever will Pete look in not not even in my direction like within 700 feet of me after <laughs> Kim Kardashian like it's like so it's oh you were like I want Pete personally you were like I I, I want, well, I, want I, was, Pete personally. I was since since for his first season of SNL <laughs> Julie how are you going to look at the tattoo of the Martian man on his chest and ever be able to take that seriously I know you sound like my mom too. <laughs> I, I really, I feel like I should have your mom on the show at some point. Like this is, <laughs> I'm very worried about you. If these are the decisions you're making for yourself, like the, 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 do you ever picture Kim like staring down at that tattoo and like if Pete's asleep and she's like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? I do think she makes him keep a shirt on during sex. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no. Black t-shirt, no. <laughs> well, I just figure it's like 
I just wonder if she's ever been like, tell me the story behind each one of these 8 billion tattoos, Pete. I think they've done that. A hundred percent. They went through every single one of them. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Mm-hmm. What is the attraction with Pete Davidson for, for women, do you think? What is it? Is it just the bad boy? Is it like a legend thing now? Is it the BDE? Um... I, first of all, I think that he's like objectively hot in my opinion, but I also think that being tall, funny, and having like such a nice reputation doesn't hurt at all. Well, I'm not attracted to him physically. I never have been, but I do think that in the conversation and all of it that gets lost is his humor. I mean, funny guys pull, like it's just a thing. <laughs> Funny guy. Now, see, like, I always think that's like, that's a falsity to a degree. Like, funny guys pull, but these funny guys also have to be uniquely good looking. Like, it's funny, good looking guys pull. Like, funny, like, I'm trying to think of like an example, like, who, um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just disagree with that because it's uh, the, always the people that say funny guys pull usually are like Pete Davidson, where you're like, oh, he could be like a weird runway model in a way. Like, you know, like runway models sometimes are like, well, I don't consider that good looking, but I guess that's weirdly attractive to most people. I, don't, I'm, I guess I'm not going to figure it out today, but we're never going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, we... <laughs> well, do you think they go the distance? You guys were talking about this uh, in this week's episode. Is that is this? I mean, Kim seems to be throwing out hints right and left. And I, I just like I'm like, Pete, let's think about this. Let's sit down. Like, you know, there's interesting like the age thing is one thing, but I don't really care about age. But. It, I'm just like, is this really, is this, this is going to happen. We're getting a Pete Kim wedding. Eventually they're going to move in together. <laughs> Listen, we were so wrong from the beginning. We were painfully wrong. You know, we had someone DM us when we were just discussing who Kim's going to date DM us Pete Davidson. And we audibly laughed at it. And then this happened. So I think that we feel like our center of gravity is a little bit off in this whole relationship. I still am not prepared to say, I think they're in it for the long haul. However, I will say they have gone far longer and more serious than I ever expected. Because if you would have told me that Pete Davidson, that Kim Kardashian would like him enough that he was accompanying her for her Marilyn Monroe Met Gala moment, that is something that is marked in time forever. And he is the one next to her. That's huge for Kim. To me, that's bigger than introducing him to the kids. Like, He's cemented next to you. That's a, a massive. Well, and that was the funniest video when he was wearing the double hat uh, next to her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, take off the hat. You know, and I was like, I was like, that is very Kim to me. But what I, I find so fascinating, though, too, I always think with Pete, it adds up to right place, right time as well. If she had not been with Kanye for all of those years, like if you get anybody, if like that's why I always say, like if like 
you get Pete at like Pete makes dibs attractive now. And I was like, Oh my God, like come out with me. I'll get you Doritos. I'll get you like, I mean, like you're, you're going to freak out if this is what your jam is. Cause I will normalize the, like she goes, I went to a Rite Aid and got ice cream. Cause Pete wanted it. It's amazing. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like these are things <laughs> that I'm ashamed of. And Pete's just running out there and do, and you love it because she was with Kanye for that whole time. Like, I mean, that I think is a huge part of that attraction too, is that Pete's still relatively normal. Totally. Compared, comparatively. Oh, I mean, the simplicity of Pete, I think, is so appealing to her. Honestly, I, I know we're both like you, Julie, I want you to, we have so much to say on this. You go first, you go first. No, we, we have this conversation all the time where Pete is very clearly an overcorrection for what her relationship with Kanye was, but not in a bad way. Like when Kim was crying in that last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where she was saying how she just like felt like she couldn't do it with Kanye anymore. And she said, I have all of the big things, like everything that's just the biggest thing I have that she's like, I have none of the little stuff. Enter Pete. And it's like her entire relationship with him makes sense when you listen to the her complaints about Kanye, because everything that she felt like she was lacking, she now has with Pete. Like when she talks about the dibs thing, it was so minor, but it was so, so exactly what she was looking for. Like all she wanted was to be able to say something that she liked that was like a really tiny little thing that probably would have gone right over Kanye's head. And instead of that happening, Pete not only listened to her, but got her dibs and then made sure they were there when she got there. And, and it was hysterical because in the DR, as Kim says, the Dominican Republic, they're at this nice fancy dinner with their friends. And she's like, just bring me my dibs, please. Like it was like this kind of thing of like, I would rather dibs than a fancy million dollar dessert. You know, I was right. like, and I think there's this weird, if I think too deeply about it, which I do, I think there's this also connection with her father there too, of like pre-fame of pre, like she used to go to Rite Aid. She used to do these things. And the fact that she could potentially still have that life. I find it hard to believe that Pete uh, and her share a love of skincare though. Do we believe this? <laughs> I think she's made it too much of a thing to necessarily think she's lying, but I still have a hard time envisioning it. I just, he does not seem like the guy that's going to walk me through a nine-step routine. But also how how uh, lucky that it's like, she tells us this on the week of her own skincare launch. I know, <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I know. One could call it naive. I just believe Kim. When Kim talks, I listen. <laughs> he did say it in the episode. I will give her that. She it's did say it, but the episode came out two weeks before the skincare launch. So I felt like yeah, this was she all like loaded. <laughs> she said, and I, I was really on this on the, the recap was she said, uh, you know, I, I fell asleep at eight 30 and Kim woke like, I woke up and Pete had put in pimple cream on my nose. Cause he's just that sweet. First off, I was like, I want to, I can't envision Pete at eight 30. Does he get to like play on his phone while you're asleep? Like is he just <laughs> there looking at your face. And then he goes, and then you're telling me Kim Kardashian does not wake up with somebody putting cream on a nose. Like I was like, there's something I just want to like, I just couldn't picture Pete in bed at 830 going like, well, shit, like what were they watching? I need more details. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to switch completely. What's going on with the Barbie movie? You guys, where are we at in the bar? I feel like I've seen this movie. The photos coming out are insane. I feel like you're, I don't know. The Barbie movie is just seems like insane. Do you guys have any opinion about the Greta Gerwig Barbie movie yet with Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling? You know, um, I wouldn't say that I have as strong of a reaction as I'm sensing you have. I will say that I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, yeah. I'm very scared with your reaction, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved the photos. Those photos that we got today of them filming. I just, 
Ryan Gosling has never done it for me. He does absolutely nothing for me, but Margot Robbie does it for me. Like I just find her to be breathtaking. I love just watching. She's like a bright shining light. Yeah. She's like a work of art to me. So I think I just enjoy like watching her in that role, but no, I wouldn't say I'm blown away by it. What about you, Joel? Um, I love the, I always base on whether I like something, not on like the actual thing, but on Twitter during the thing. And so like, I don't know if I necessarily am like, I have to see this movie. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But I am constantly like, I have to see what Twitter is saying about this movie. Yeah, like I love the fodder behind it. Like it works on another level. Doesn't even matter if the movie's good or not at this point. We get these pictures, which is like a whole nother. I mean, it's kind of like the 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 Instagram account you guys run. Like it's it's that thing of like, I want to see celebrities comment on other celebrities pictures and laugh at that um uh do you guys have 10 more minutes yes totally okay okay um when you first started this was that the initial uh thing of like i just like i like watching celebrities comment on other was it that simple yeah i mean you have to understand i know it's like hard to remember but if you go back to 2017 this didn't exist we never got to see celebrities comments i mean i I obviously explained this to you last time i was on your show but for anybody who's unfamiliar the reason we started the account was because of an instagram algorithm change because if you remember back in the day when kim would instagram if there were 10,000 comments the blue checkmark comments were mixed in with the rest so you never saw these small interactions and we eventually ended up having charles who's now become one of our close friends charles porch from instagram on the podcast and he explained to us how the reason they initially made that change was because they wanted celebrities and verified figures to be able to see what their friends were saying. Meanwhile, they made that change. And we as the spectators, you know, as the public got to see that now. So that was initially the reason we started because we're like, holy shit, there's this whole world of commentary happening online that we're now privy to. And we just wanted to document that for people and have it in one spot. Never did we envision that it was going to grow into this where it's really become, I mean, a form of humanization. And I think in so many ways, such a form of, of comedy initially it was almost just like wanting to, to see what was going on. Do you feel the same way, Julie? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think while we're on the subject, one of the comments that made us start the account was a Scott Disick on a Courtney picture. Like it, it, it traces back, like it's been you know, Instagram has gone through a lot of changes. And I think the way that celebrities present themselves on social media have gone through a lot of changes, but at the core of it, like it feels very status quo. And so, so much of that was just our interest in celebrities, what they were saying to each other, what they were talking about. And, you know, something that we always say about keeping up the Kardashians and the Kardashians is like, we don't get this with celebrities. Like we don't get the behind the scenes like this. And there was something about Instagram comments where it was like, oh, we kind of get a little bit of the behind the scenes now. It's just brilliant in this weird way that I can't, I mean, I don't even know if I can express it, but it, it makes you happy, but it also makes you laugh, but it also kind of frustrates you at times. It runs the gamut of human emotions, these comments sometimes. Like I like, even like the, you know, you had Zendaya today and her cover and people, you know, it's not always like this gotcha funny thing. Like there's like sweet moments with other celebrities. There's really fun, you know, like it really does run the gamut like all of humanity does. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, not not that all roads lead to Kim and Pete, but just for a second to bring it back to that. I think they might, yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I would say that one of the times, because I would say our account goes through different eras in terms of the way that we think about it and, you know, what the public's reaction was. I would say when our account really had the most steam or one of the times was during the Ariana and Pete days. Because if you remember, he was on Instagram at the time and they were going back and forth. They had Harry Potter jokes. It was, I think, him or her that said, like, I'm going to slither in, you know, all that stuff. And we posted it and it was a huge deal and it went viral. And could you imagine, hypothetically speaking, if Pete then 
starts to reinvigorate his Instagram presence as he did momentarily and then got out of it. But if he really his did, poor friend then, was posting for him for a second. I was like, oh no, right? You got his I'm, SNL writer. I know, I, I know. But imagine a Kim and Pete Instagram interaction. What that would do? I mean, that would be mind blowing. That could heal this country. That's I'm just gonna. That could <laughs> that could actually be. I would give that the power of the Supreme Court. I'm like they now decide rulings on their Instagram comments. Like it is. It is one of those things that it's like one of the. It's like the last bastion of like sometimes joy. I think in this world is that like okay, are celebrities okay? Are they are are we are we? Do you feel good about being a celebrity still? Do you want to keep doing this? Like I sometimes get worried about the health of pop culture because it's everywhere and it dilutes certain things. And that's why it's weird to have a family like the Kardashians that just, you know, is that it sucks up all the air. It's like all the air they, they, and they're keep, they, they keep multiplying. So then it's like, you got the Taylor army, you got the, the Kardashian army, you got the Will Smith army, you got the, there's like all these different uh, celebrity factions, not to even count TikTok and all of that stuff. It's just really interesting. Um, as we wrap up here, the Harry Styles though, you were talking about this uh, Harry Styles. I got to say, like, I was, I love to just make fun of people that are better looking and more talented than me. So already I was like, I don't like this guy, but then I saw him at Coachella and I really just, I, he, I was like, Oh, this, this kid, you know, I never had a one D phase. I never had, but I was like, Oh, he's, he's truly amazing. Uh, I disagree with you though, Julie. I, I think you were the one saying that you don't think him and Olivia are going to like, I think they're, I think they're definitely getting a house together. I think they're definitely, you were talking all about, I think it was you that were talking about this, that you don't think they're fully as serious as we believe. No, I, I do think that they are. I just personally have a hard time seeing it, but I also like know people who have been in the same room with them that say like 100%, like they are fully in this for the long haul. So I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. I'm not like, they're never going to make it or like hundred percent. They'll get married. I'll bet my life on it. But- Julie from comments by celeb says she dislikes <laughs> the hairy Olivia Wilde relationship. This is a full quote. No, <laughs> no, I was cracking up. Cause you were talking about going through like, you you know, learning the TikTok and the hairy phases and stuff. You were like long hair, hairy phase was cause you were talking about when she was, when he was dating Kendall Jenner, and uh, a lot of people think that was a fake relationship, by the way, which I always find fascinating. Uh, but the Kendall Jenner thing, it's just so like, I just don't, even with the Devin Booker breakup, don't care. Like, I don't know. It's like magically don't care. Like weird. That's that's what I, we were saying that for for people who live and breathe the Kardashians, we are strangely apathetic to Kendall. But the thing is, that's how she wants it. She has just, she has somehow hacked the system to be able to be a Kardashian Jenner, benefit from it, have all of the fame, all of the resources, all of the financial benefits. At the same time, she exists in a far more private element than any of them. So kudos to her. I think that us saying we're not invested in her breakup is probably the biggest compliment you could give her. I swear, I'm not. Oh, being to- oh no, no, totally. I mean, I I completely agree. In fact, you even saw Kendall on her heels a little bit with the new iteration of the show like the first episode she was like she was like hey guys it's me i bet you wonder why i'm not in the show that much i was sick and it was like the most gregarious i've ever seen kendall jenner where i was like who told you to amp it up for this like talking head i'd never seen her that excited to be on camera before and eventually that fell away throughout the season but i i agreed with you i think julie that you were saying that uh I could never picture Harry, the Harry that I seem to have studied now and known the artistry. And I, I say that with no embarrassment, the artistry that I think he has, I find it hard to then marry that with Kendall. And I know she, she's a, I think fancies herself a deep thinker and a health nut, but it just, those two things didn't seem like they would combine in any sort of way. I could 
see them being friends. Like I could see them yeah. having really good friendship nowadays. I can't see a, I, I can't necessarily see a romantic element anymore based on who they are. But I, like I said, like I could have seen it at the time when they were supposedly dating, but also like, I could also see them getting back together. Like if you told me, like I said, on the no. podcast, no, this, this is my point. Like just purely aesthetically, like if you told me that Harry Styles, one of the best looking people that ever walked the planet and Kendall Jenner, one of the best looking people that ever walked the planet decided to get together, I would be like, okay, obviously I can't be like, no way. That's the craziest. Like, yeah, I could believe but, it. Come on. At the end of the day, aesthetics, I mean, only goes so far. Like you're like, oh, if you're good looking, you have to legally be with another good looking person. Like, I mean, that's hard for me to, I mean, just, I mean, unless I was, uh, you know, like I'm just pissed for myself, but it's like, you can't just go like, like, I think personality even gets involved with these good looking people. I just don't think oh, just because they're an insanely good looking, they should be together ever again. No, no, I'm not saying they should be. I'm just saying if you told me it happened, I wouldn't be like, no, there's no way. Like I could believe it. I'm not saying I, want it. I could believe it. Well, that was the, that was we we pretty much I would say like our biggest criticism is that we agree too much, and that's the thing we disagreed on today's episode because I was like, I cannot see, I don't get it. I I now that I like you said, now that I'm starting to see Harry more on TikTok and understand his, I just don't how they mesh. It, it makes no sense to me. But, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, but I just love the I mean, I love how much the Harry is entangled in the pop culture because you have the Harry with Taylor era. You have the Harry with and I just sometimes think with Olivia Wilde, she must be a very secure person, even going on with all the Jason Sudeikis things. But just the the fervor like I, I live in L.A. and they have this Harry's house pop up shop. And I'm it was like a mile, like miles long each day I would drive past it. And I was like, that is so many people saying they would lay down their lives for like one night with Harry Styles. I can't imagine what that's like for a woman on the other end, like a brilliant woman. Obviously, I can't wait to see her movie. But like, that's got to be wild. I we were just having this conversation. I think that she is in a very unique position to, and I, I really think she can take it. Remember you were saying that you were like, it's because to me, it, it's true. It, it, to me personally, that is my worst nightmare. I know I could never handle that. Like yes. I forget it. I just think, honestly, I think she's finding this time so empowering for her. I think at this stage in her life and she's like, I'm fucking on tour with Harry. I, you know, yes, she's obviously a celebrity. She's wildly successful in her own right. No part of me t- makes his success, you know, um, her that's not that's not my point i just think that there's something about this relationship that she's finding very very empowering i really do and jason sudeikis i mean you know he's riding high with ted lasso like this was probably the last thing he could have seen coming from like imagine like he's like finally man snl like i'm riding high and then harry's like that's i even think that's a guy's worst nightmare like that would be my worst night for like harry styles is all of a sudden around your girlfriend or your wife like that'd be horrible well that's what we were saying on the podcast where i was like we were basically having a discussion of like the timeline of Olivia and Jason breaking up, like changes almost your entire view of the relationship. Because on one hand, it's like yep. if they broke up and then Harry came along, it's like, okay, that, that makes sense. Like they garnered a relationship. If they were together and Harry came along and broke up their marriage, essentially, like that is a whole other different dedication to what she's going through, both in breaking up a marriage and also having to deal with his fans. Like, to me, that means like you're in it for the long haul. Like if you're putting up with both of those things, you're in it for the long haul. But we were also saying like Emma made the point and she was like, you know, if somebody's able to come along and kind of break your marriage up in that way, then like obviously there was cracks in the foundation from the start. And I was like, you know what? Yes and no. Like if somebody's going to 
break up a perfect marriage, it's going to be Harry Styles. Like I said, Harry Styles could walk into my grandparents' apartment tomorrow. They've been married yes, for yeah, you said five that. years. <laughs> They've been together since they were in fifth grade. They have yeah. the most beautiful love story you've ever heard. I think if Harry Styles walked into my grandparents' apartment, my Nana would be like, listen, this was great. And we really, we made yeah, we had, so we had a good run. We had a good run. I want good things for you. Yeah. I could totally see that. Um, finally, uh, you guys are pop culture geniuses. You love, uh, I mean, celebrity photos, all of these things mean so much, I think to us, is there one photo or moment for me? Uh, the, I always use the example of a so bad it's good moment of like, uh, Solange coming out of the elevator with Beyonce and Jay-Z knowing that we'll never truly know what happened in there, but we have this photo where Jay-Z he looks a little shell-shocked and Beyonce and Solange kind of looking proud and stuff. Is there a paparazzi shot or something that just sticks in your mind because, you know, just of the story it might tell? I think that would be your answer, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's- Was it, Is that you? This I mean, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily would have said that, but I, now that you're saying it there, I don't even think there could possibly be another answer. That, we, that's the Holy Grail, I guess. No, I that's- that's the holy grail. Forget it. Are you kidding me? But there's so many great pop culture moments. So there I are. think, you know, I think you're going to be thinking about this tonight. If you do have any uh, retraction or anything. Um, what's what? that? I thought of a good one, a really yeah. good one, just so that we have different answers. Uh, the iconic photo of Nicole Kidman after signing the Tom Cruise divorce papers. Oh, wait, is that that is that skipping the skipping one? Yeah. That is genius. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is a great one. That is amazing. Like, I, yeah, that, wow. The Tom Cruise's aunt is very interesting. Anyways, I could talk to you women forever. You guys are just, I geek out so hard about what you do. I hate that. It's probably going to be another year until I talk to you again, but thank you so much. And it was such a pleasure to meet you, Julie. I didn't even get to ask how the ultimate girls trip premiere was, or that you were actually at Simon Huck's wedding, all of this good stuff that I never got to ask, but hopefully you'll come back down the line some other time. But uh, as a pop culture fan, thank Thank you both for your service. Uh, truly amazing. And Emma, uh, the voice, Emma, you got to do voiceovers. This is like, the, <laughs> it's like ASMR. Or it's, and, and Julie, you're amazing too. I just, the voice <laughs> I remembered last, I was like, anyways, I'm gushing. Uh, is there anything else that's coming up that we need to know about or ways that we can support uh, you, even though I think you kind of uh, are already at the top of the heap, you know? <laughs> First of all, no, just thank you so much for having us. Seriously, we are so appreciative. I find every time that I speak to you, and I know this is part of your shtick and you are very self-deprecating in your humor, but I want to say we are also fans of what you do and don't have that, you know, be lost on any of this. And you have a lot of people that are very dedicated because when I pointed out uh, on the last week's episode that I, you know, need a co-host for next week, we got a lot of DMs of people saying, holy shit, you need And Ryan I didn't Kelly. make it? You like, no, we're, we're, we're not doing Ryan. Are you no, kidding me? This is for next slap week. in the face, Emma. We were, wait, hold on. Let me continue, which is to say there's a very good chance that in about two days, I'm going to be calling you and saying, can you come on next oh week? Oh my God. This is the big break. You guys, this is the one. <laughs> well, I will drop everything to ever record with any of you girls. Like really, truly, I, I really admire what you guys do and what you've built. Um, so, uh, and remember guys, they do three shows a week and it, I mean, I hate to say it. Like you don't even need to listen to this one. Cause they got pop culture. They got Kardashians. They've got Bravo and Bravo remember is with Isabel and it is just the gamut. Um, but truly what a, what a great day for me. So thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Ryan. We, we love talking to you. Thank you so much. Really. Bye. Betches.